Hello, this is the episode 31 of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. This episode of the Remake Debate, we're going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, and its 2012 remake. This is going to be a much better episode than the one that we had before. Yeah. I did want to talk about something before we get into the main topic of discussion. I know it's it's been coming up a lot in our news, and especially where we work. The COVID vaccine is now being administered in the U.S., and it's a very exciting news for us because as healthcare employees, this is something that I think most of us have been really looking forward to, and others are a little apprehensive about it. And, so, And my coworkers, they just got vaccinated today. Yes. So, so, and I was the only one that didn't because I'm not a nurse, so... But you couldn't, like, get it even though you worked on the floor? No, the thing is, is that with me, they're going to message me about it first. They're doing everyone one at a time. Yeah. So they're trying to do different nurses each day and different, like, you know, social workers and stuff like that. And then there's me, secretary. Yeah, because the way they're administering at hospitals is the front line first. So so nurses, doctors, people who work with patients directly are the first ones to get it the first ones are in the rooms to help the patients and then it will be like everybody else at a time so you probably won't get it right away i heard my department where i work we probably won't get it till later this month or early next month Mm. and a lot of people had a lot of concerns and questions about it they brought in a medical chief of staff to address it and to kind of answer any questions or concerns that we all had they did that today with you guys not today this was yesterday so right Mm -hmm. now it's thursday night Mm -hmm. we had this meeting yesterday morning Mm -hmm. and he did answer a lot of good questions like the the main thing a lot of people thought or assumed about this vaccine was that the vaccine was straight up covid that they were injecting you with and he's like no yeah, it's not. It's, it's, it's not a. It's not a strain of the COVID back virus. Yeah. It's a protein of a dead COVID cell. It will allow your immune system to to so it your body knows how to. So ad- adapt. with this vaccine, would this mean that we would still have to wear masks, or we would we yeah. would not wear masks after taking the vaccine? Well, here's the thing, because the the vaccine is administered into two separate doses. The first dose, the first vaccine, is only fifty percent effective. Mm -hmm. And then the second dose, which you can take within 19 to 23 days after the first dose, Mm -hmm. that's the that's the 49% or 45% that makes it a full 95% effective. Okay. So you would still have to wear your masks after taking both dosages because even though even though you have the vaccine, there's going to be a lot of people who might choose not to have it. I mean, I get it with people who don't want to take it, but it's like, these are probably the same people who don't even like to take flu shots. You know? Yeah, a lot of people have issues with flu shots. And the, the thing, too, They've is... have for years, so yeah. The thing, the thing with flu shots, too, is like... And a lot of people... I've been hearing this a lot about people not understanding the big thing about the COVID, vi- the COVID vaccine is how every year we constantly have a new flu shot because the flu is being mutated every year it's never the same strain strand mm-hmm. it's always a different one so they're constantly remaking a vaccine for it whereas we've now had this this vaccine has been administered already in the uk for over a month now and only two people had effects to it and it's not because of the the vaccination it's because they had 
allergy reactions mm. to outside sources. Well, I think with this right here, with the vaccine, from what I heard mm -hmm. when they took the shots today, um, some of them definitely felt the effects of being tired. Yeah, you and are going to get... the Yeah, two, you're definitely going to feel sleepy a little two, bit. Yeah, two of the biggest side effects are migraines and muscle aches, mm -hmm. which is, you know, like that with most vaccines, especially the flu shot. Mm -hmm. And another thing, too, about the flu shot, and this is where a lot of people get a lot of misconceptions about it, is they, like, they, they assume that if you get the flu shot, you get the flu because they're shooting you up with a strain of the flu. Yeah, but it's really but not the case. It really isn't. The biggest thing about the flu shot is, like, like most vaccines, they give you a strain or a protein that's partial to the virus of whatever it is, what vaccine it is you're getting. Mm -hmm. Your body, your immune system, <clears throat> is going to work overtime to fight that strain or at least okay. adapt to it being in your immune system. When you are already coming down with some sort of virus, whether it be a cold, flu, or whatever, mm -hmm. if you're not feeling it right away, once you get that vaccine, it is going to intensify whatever you already have. Yeah. So it's not the flu shot that is making you sick. It's what you already have yeah, and, and the effects of the vaccine and it volts up to like 10 times amplifies it yes Amplify it. yeah so that's why a lot when a lot of people get the flu shot they get sick afterwards this is not to enforce people or to push people into this decision we're simply encouraging people to yeah. and we're trying to provide with the facts that were presented to us by medical scientists and experts so yeah but i mean i get that and everything and you know and we should we're not enforcing we're not making people to do it we're just letting know. them know what's going on i know well what was said about it and more because the thing is about this vaccine is like it's new yes it didn't really take a lot of time to get corrected yes but here's another thing a lot of people are concerned about is how quickly this was made and how quickly it was pushed to be administered the whole purpose of vaccinations and even any kind of medicine is that they have to go through red tape after red tape after red tape to be approved by the fda and in our country in the usa the fda are the ones that make the call to approve certain medicines and vaccines before it can be administered to the public they wouldn't just push this if it had major side effects that could really be harmful to people so take that in mind and i know that like a lot of people have again concerns and issues with the whole covid vaccine just please do your research please try to keep an open mind and another good interesting thing about this that was also said by the medical chief of staff is that if more people get this vaccine and you know continue to wear the masks and do what we were supposed to do in the first place cases will hopefully decrease starting next year and by same time next year so by december of 2021 we may have minimal to almost no covid cases and we might be able to go back to somewhat of a normal life hopefully that's the case yes and like i said we're not pushing we're just encouraging so exactly yeah, because I know once the time comes for me to get the flu, or not the flu, the COVID shot, I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. Same here. Yeah, it's, it's important that we do that. So now I've finished my thought. 
And we can move on. Good. Silent Night, Deadly Night was released on November 9th, 1984. Has a runtime of an hour and 36 minutes long. It was directed by Charles Sellier. I think I pronounced that right. S-E-L-L-I-E-R. Yes, you did. It had a budget of $750,000, which, like most original movies, I feel... Low budget, like, horror movies. Yeah. Like, they make... They they use that money to make a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And even even Halloween was less than that. Exactly. So, and that one made millions. Black Christmas was $150,000 less than Silent Night, Deadly Night. It had, like, $600 thousand dollars and you know what the weird part is mm-hmm. so those movies are less than this movie and this seven hundred fifty thousand dollar movie doesn't look like it was made with that money it looked like it was yeah. less than that well then again then again i don't think too they really had to work hard to really like sell the kill scenes but I, it's easy because yeah. here's the thing N- nowadays we rely on cgi fake blood and other and like jump scares and all that type of shit well not jump scares but in well, terms of like no in terms of like kill scenes yeah with the fake blood and like stabbings and stuff mm-hmm. it's all cgi or fake or you know you don't have so, what you used to have yeah yeah whereas, whereas they just you know they worked with what they had and they still made it work yeah they didn't have free. to use any special effects or anything it was I mean, just people on people on people yeah and they were, and all the kill scenes were creative, which we'll get into. But anyway, I'm and moving I, on. And that's it. And that's what I actually loved about this movie because, just like a lot of original horror movies, this one had a lot of good kills. You know, a lot of different ways that they could kill someone. Yeah. So. And then, so, it had that low budget. In the box office, it made two point five million dollars. That's pretty good for a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar movie. Yeah. Plus, if you watch that In Search of Darkness movie, this was one of those holiday horror movies that kind of mm-hmm. took off. Oh, yeah. In in its time. It was, so it's not surprising that it had this big of a box office success. But it also success. had a lot of controversy as yes, well. Yes, which did. we'll get into. But we'll... So let me get into the ratings. So IMDb gave it a 5.9 out of 10, which is not the best rating. Yeah. 87% of Google users liked this movie, and it had a 31% on Metacritic. It stars Robert Brian Wilson. Yeah, which who we met a couple years ago at Scarecrow. Yeah, he was a nice dude. He was a nice guy. Very nice guy. I called him Naughty and he started laughing. People walk by his booth, they're like, Naughty! Naughty! I love that movie. I'm so glad that that we rented for 48 hours, so I think I'm going to definitely take a chance of watching that more before it goes away. I'll I'll definitely watch it with you because there were some moments in it that I thought were Kind of decent, but like I said, we'll get into that. Yeah. So it stars Bryant, Robert Bryant Wilson, Tara Buckman, mm-hmm. Britt Leach, and Lillian Chauvin. Chauvin? Or Chauvin? I can't pronounce Chauvin. it. Chauvin. Just go with Chauvin. Yeah. That's the info I have of the movie. Well, so why you, don't we get into... Well, I'm going to ask you this. Yes. What do you think of the movie from what you saw and how it was and how it represented... What did I think of it? Yeah, what did you think of the movie? Like, to yourself, if you had to be your own critic to see the movie. I thought it was a really good original holiday horror movie. Yeah. I mean, because last, last week... We've tons, seen tons of them. Yeah, because last week we watched Black Christmas. And mm-hmm. the concept of it, yes, was pretty original. Very creative. And I liked a lot of things about it. And in, in this one, I liked it, too. I mean, I, there was some things I had issues with, but 
we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah. like I mentioned, the kill scenes were very creative. It had a backstory that I could get down with. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. You know, he's a kid who witnesses parents get murdered by an evil Santa and, you know, grows up to be this guy who, after years of psychological and physical abuse by nuns, yeah, goes like, goes on a fucking killing spree. Do you feel like he has his own version of PTSD mm. with Santa? I think, too, and, and I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a mental therapist, so this is not any, I'm not saying by any means this is my professional opinion, but I think it is safe to say, based on the opening scene and the follow-up scenes aftermath, this guy, whose name's Billy, goes through years upon years upon years and life events of trauma in the worst way imaginable. So let's let's break this down like we usually do. So in the beginning, we see Billy and his baby brother, Ricky. Yeah, right? Ricky and his family. Yeah, his parents, they're all driving up to uh, this mental facility where... His, uh, the, the, the father's uh, grand, uh, dad is there. Yeah. Yeah. So his, his paternal grandfather is up there. Mm-hmm. And this is the only thing I have a problem with, but I don't understand was like the whole purpose of this visit or scene at all. The whole purpose of this scene was for Billy to have this interaction with his disassociative grandfather or grandparent mm-hmm. who enforces or sparks this fear of, or notion in his mind. And his young, he's a child. Children are impressionable. Let's just get that out of the way. Very much so. First, first and foremost. So he sparks this irrational fear in Billy that <clears throat> Santa, although he is a symbol of goodness and brings joy to children and gifts every Christmas, also punishes the 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 bad kids, too. He says, like, have you been good all year? And, and Billy, like, I'm, I'm glad Billy, you know, at least can admit to himself, much hey, less to no. another person, like, yeah, maybe not have been all that good, yeah. but I try. So his grandfather's like, oh, Santa's gonna get you, he's gonna punish you. And I'm like, oh, great, here we go. And then, like, the worst thing that could ever happen to a kid happens. What a weird timing, too, that happened. I know. I mean, seriously, that but kid, it, he went through a lot with his grandfather at that moment. And what could be worse than some deranged killer dressed up as Santa yeah. go on a rampage? Because here's the thing, and I, and I can, I mean, I don't want to say that Billy might have forgotten the conversation later on in life if... The events that happened after visiting his grandfather hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. But one thing I think we all can say, again, about children, especially very young children that Billy's age was. He might have been about like three or four, right? Um, What, Billy? Yeah, Billy. No, he was older than that. He was like four or five. So about four or five. Yeah, and his little I brother would... was just born, so... Yeah, but I would still say that like any child of that young age don't always have the best track record when it comes to recollections of memories and stuff mm-hmm. and i was just watching a watch mojo video today it was like top 10 countdown of weird science experiments ever done and they were talking about this experiment of how they were testing the the memory or the part of the brain that takes in reco- recollections of memories mm-hmm. and they were able to enforce this memory on a person that never actually happened in their lives 
but they recall this memory. And it's a very interesting concept. But I, like I said, I feel like if his parents never got killed by a deranged Santa Claus... He wouldn't be in the mess and they, he is. Yeah, if they had just gone home that night and nothing had happened to him, I mm-hmm. feel like in a good two or three years, Billy would have forgotten all about that. Yeah. Because like, like we see later on, after the events that happened to his parents, which, you know, why don't we run that down really quick? Oh, God. That scene. That scene was fucked. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of fucked up scenes, but that scene is fucked. Before the events even happen, we see this guy at a gas station. He's dressed up in a Santa suit. Nobody really pays him much mind because they think he's a Santa. Yeah, they who's think he's at- a mall Santa or something. Yeah, like either a mall Santa or like a Salvation Army Santa or just any Santa going to like a Christmas party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they don't think too much of him. And then Santa points a gun at the cashier. Which and shoots him. Nuts, yeah. Yeah, he robs him and then he shoots him. And well, the cashier was also trying to shoot him as well, but the other guy was quicker. Yeah. So he shot him down, and he tried to shoot him again, but then uh, Santa shot him in the head and he died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. And then he gets in his car and he drives away, and we don't see him again until Billy and his family comes along on the road and they interact with him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he pulls the gun out, the dad tries to drive away, and he shoots through the window and kills the dad, and then goes after the mom, and yep. Billy runs away. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Yeah. yeah, it's a really, it's really messed up scene. And trigger warning for anybody who might be bothered by, or yeah, don't really like that type of stuff. Yeah, if you're if you're uncomfortable with any like sexual assault or harassment, because. Now is the time not to listen. Yes. Skip ahead a few minutes because I don't think it's ever implied. It's obviously never showed, but Santa drags the mom out of the car, throws her on the ground, rips Rip. her shirt open, yep. and slits her throat, but he doesn't do anything after that. He just fondles her a little bit and slits her throat. Well, I didn't really see which, fondle, but I just see her see him cutting his throat. That's it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes and tries to find the little boy. Yeah, tries to find Billy who's he was hiding like, Where in the are bush- you, you little bushes. bastard? Yeah, that's all he can remember. I know. I want to yeah. know what happened after that. Yeah, what did, did they happen? ever catch him? Because Ricky kept on crying in yeah, the backseat. Rick- Ricky was screaming his head off. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would have thought a guy as deranged as that would have either gone after Ricky, who's a little baby, well, or have ran away. This might explain a few things with that. Because you know how, all right, we'll probably won't go into it till he goes on his killing spree. But you mm-hmm. know how, um, how Billy, when he's older, he goes after the actual kids that who are bad and everything. Yeah. But doesn't go after the little kids because he doesn't think they're bad. Yeah. Maybe it was the same scenario with this with him. Sure, he was trying to find Billy, but never found him. But didn't mess with with the baby because he didn't do anything. So if anything. Maybe it's just like he learned that from seeing that, from not to mess with little kids. Yeah, but then we find out, like, after that incident happens, and then they show Billy, who's a few years older, Mm -hmm. and he's in an orphanage with his brother Ricky. Yeah, he's not even 13 yet. Yeah, but he still has these memories of what had happened. He doesn't fully understand, and the nuns have been trying to 
help him repress those memories. And yeah. Mother Superior, there's a Mother Superior who runs this orphanage. She's a real tyrant. Oh my and god. I absolutely fucking nuts. I absolutely hate her. I hate her role. I don't hate the actress, but I just don't like her I don't role. like her character per se. Yeah. Yes. She forces Billy not only to overcome his fears, but to maintain good behavior, which yeah. He doesn't even, like, try to seek out bad behavior. He just, like, happens to come across these situations where, like, with the two teenage kids having sex. Mm -hmm. Like, he just followed the noise and just happened to see what they were doing. And then Mother Superior. Superior. No, but she whips the shit out of those kids. She whips the shit out of those kids with a belt mm-hmm. and then punishes Billy in the same fashion for peeping on them. Yeah, but he, she shouldn't but have done she that. But also, she also instills this other notion in this head that punishment is good. Punishment is important. Whenever you misbehave or are, are naughty, cause she's the first one <laughs> who initiates this word naughty in his vocabulary. Yeah, put naughty in, her, in his head, yeah. Yeah. Naughty people or naughty children get punished, and punishment is good. Punishment is important. Yeah. And well, that, that also becomes part of his psychological, cognitive... And he keeps getting you know, dreams of... of um, Throughout his life, after his parents got killed, yeah, he keeps he, getting dreams from that incident. Yeah, he suffers from flashbacks and... God, that'd um, be a nightmare. Night terrors. Just imagine every night having that same-ass dream for the rest of your life. Yeah. My God, that's hell. And and somehow, in all out of all of this chaos and like I said, mm-hmm. trauma, it's one traumatic event after another for Billy, mm-hmm. and he grows up and into an eighteen-year-old young man. He's big for who, eighteen. Who's a big and strong young man, and takes on this job at a toy store. Yeah, it's like six foot. He's eighteen. He's got big guns. Like seriously, yeah. this kid was fucking huge looking. Yeah. And literally for and, an eighteen-year-old, oh my God, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And he comes this, like, well-adjusted guy. Like, he's really nice and friendly with people. He's nice and friendly to kids. I love that montage where he just, like, is helping everyone, being super nice to people, being, like, this happy-go-lucky guy. And then, all of a sudden, the banner comes out to Christmas, and the banner shows the Santa. I want to know how long that montage was actually supposed to play out. Yeah? Because they never hint at what time billy actually starts working there yeah they just show like a montage of him working like well, this was doing, probably a couple well, months they show like a montage of him working in the warehouse stocks in the back room then working storefront and just interacting with the co-workers and customers and then they go towards the end where it's like christmas and they're pulling the santa banner out and they got the santa guy up front and it's like well here's how i know because the guy who's being a dick to Billy... What's his name? Adam? Adam, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. He was just like, yeah, I've, I've seen you for the last couple months and everything since you've been here. And you've been, like, you know, giving off attitude or some shit like that. And so Billy's been there for a couple months before, you know, Christmas yeah. came along. Like, I get that things like being a kid and watching your parents get killed by a deranged Santa Claus. And, like, Christmas is generally, for most people, it's not always a good time. No. Already. Mm-hmm. He could have just said, you know, well, Christmas is just not a good time for me. You know, I don't have my family to celebrate with. And you could devil into the fact a little bit that you watched your parents got brutally murdered by a deranged Santa Claus when you were three or four. Oh, oh, but at least that will get that little bitch Adam off your back. Well, that's the bit. thing is that the, I think I think with him, he built up such a, a wall around people to not show his emotions. And not really tell people why he is the way he is. So I guess that's why there's that wall right there. And that's why Adam never really understand him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because he never told him what happened. Yeah. And if he did, maybe maybe Billy would be a different guy. Maybe he would have been a little more open to people, show a little more personality, you know, have a little more range in his voice. Because you ever hear him talk and he just sounds so quiet and reserved yeah, and just it's, scared? It's monotoned, a bit quiet, very reserved. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it, too, that, like, I just feel like if Billy had better explained his situation a little bit more to people, they would have been a little bit more... Plus, kinder about it or more sensitive, I guess. Yeah, and plus Sister Margaret should have said something to the boss of exactly. that toy store before exactly. the whole shenanigans happened. Sister Margaret, I feel like, was the real one who knew what was up. She was the like, one that was there for Billy. Yeah. That cared she, about him. She was, unlike, unlike Mother Superior, Sister Margaret was all about, like, I don't think you should be punished yeah. for what you've gone through. Like, you've already gone through enough. A lot, Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's obvious the... She these, should have slapped the shit out of the fucking Mother Superior. She, and she constantly told her, she's like, it's obvious that he's going through some stuff mentally. He needs to be a little bit handled more sensitively about these kinds of things. Like, you can't just push him to yeah, face these fears or to tell him to get over it. And Sister like, Margaret's basically telling her to fuck off. Like, yeah. you know, like, look, I get it. I don't give a fuck. This is how I do it. So yeah, so that's yeah. so that's how she's like telling her. Mother Superior is this really again nasty woman. She's who, very nasty. I I hated her. Oh. Like I said, I hated the character. I didn't hate the woman who played her. I just hated the character so much. Yeah. And I get I get what her purpose was for in the whole movie, but I hated it. She was so cold and it. bitter, and she didn't have any personality either. No. no, she she you never. She was just big bitch. She looks big, like the type of person that never laughs. She was like big boss bitch. That yeah. was her role. That mm. was her character development. Big boss bitch who eventually later on in life, and when Billy's an adult, um, is confined to a wheelchair and isn't as like sturdy, I guess, is like how she used to be. Exactly, and she's I'm only a little saying, more sensitive towards the children. I say sturdy in terms of like very angry and bitter she's mm. a little bit more compassionate with the children like younger children but she's yeah. not as like authoritative as she used to be yeah i think with ricky a little bit she's being a little for but oh, not too much poor ricky oh poor ricky i mean you want to talk about billy going through some shit we'll get we'll get into ricky later on but let's go back to where we were talking about with with after the montage and so they're billy, in the store billy gets approached by his boss mr sims remember her yeah fucking lady i i can't remember her name she but she was so annoying there's like what four people who work aside from billy there's like four annoying, people yeah annoying assistant lady let's call her that so there's Mr. Sims, who's the manager. There's his assistant, who I can't remember her name. Yeah. I think it's Margaret or Maggie or whatever. Another Margaret? Mm. The the lady that he liked. Oh. What was her name? Valerie? Yeah, I think it was Valerie. I can't remember. It but sounds like an 80s name. Whatever 80s name that was back then. Well, there was the girl. Oh, Pamela. Pamela. Okay. Yeah, Pamela. Pamela yeah. was the Another girl. Another 80s name. So Pamela was the girl he liked, yeah. who she worked who worked with Billy, mm-hmm. but she was also kind of like seeing Adam, I guess. Yeah. Because during this like they Christmas were fully party, around, yeah. Yeah, during this Christmas party that they have after they close up on was it Christmas Eve or Christmas, Christmas Eve. Day? No, let's uh, yeah because the famous line after they close up the shop, <laughs> the boss was like, "Yeah, let's get shit face." <laughs> they got party. Let's yeah. get shit face. It's like it's like it's over. Let's get shit face. That was so funny. 
I was oh just, my god, I was so fucking. God, that sounds funny. like one of my old bosses way back in the day. I know. Why don't they ever have Christmas parties like that anymore? I don't know. I guess uh, people are trying to be a little more uh, lenient. Plus the pandemic, you can't really have Christmas parties. Well, no, now. Yeah. But why wouldn't we have any like that? But no, like I don't get why we never have parties like that anymore. I mean, like you any could, company, but it depends on where you go. I know, but like any company, you would think that most companies would have parties like that. Yeah. But, it, uh, yeah, it but then again, it was the 80s, you know, 80s and 70s, they didn't care. They were more lenient yeah. back then. Yeah, so so they have this after work Christmas party and they're drinking and they're having a good time. And I think uh, Mr. Sims and his assistant are the only two who are really having a good time because Adam and Pamela try to go into the loading dock area. And Almost the loading dock. They're in the shelving area where all the toys are. They made yeah. out and everything. And then they go to the loading dock in the back. Yeah. And, and Adam Adam tries to shoot his shot. He's trying to get his way with her and she keeps denying it. Yeah, she keeps telling him no. And Billy being forced into the Santa suit that I, I don't... The, the whole situation, that whole setup that was part just... That fucked. That whole setup was so annoying. Because Mr. Sims approaches him and he's like, Hey, Billy, he's like, I, I kind of need your help with something. I'm wondering if you can help me, you know, with a favor. And without even asking, well, it depends, what is this about? Billy's just like, oh, yeah, sure, Mr. Sims, I can help yeah. you. Yeah, no matter, sure. No matter what it is, I can help you with anything. And then, and then bam. he, bam, cuts to him looking sad as shit and fucking miserable in that Santa suit. Oh, I bet. You know how you see dogs or cats and they're wearing outfits and you see the picture of them wearing the outfit and they look so miserable? Thing with this, but except this is a human who was traumatized as a kid because of the fucking Santa situation. I know, but it's like, he could have just said from the get-go, like, it depends. What do you need me to do? I would have said it depends, yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure if Mr. Sims had said, well, I need you to dress up as Santa for the store, I would have Billy would have said no. no. Yeah. All right, I'm like, head I'm out. sorry, yeah. but no. Yeah. So I would have stormed out. Yeah. I would have been like, do you want me to kill people? Because so, I will do it if you do this. <laughs> so Billy goes through a day as Santa, and he's at this Christmas party, and he sees Pamela and Adam getting it on, but... Not in a way that I think most people would have wanted to have gotten it on. Yeah. Because clearly it was one-sided. Pamela's pushing him, and it, it almost well, got it almost got kind of rapey well, you know for my funny? taste. Well, when this happened, she was screaming out, and she was like, get, like being held by the guy and getting almost taken advantage of. Yeah. Did you ever notice that you see Billy and just his flashbacks and him and him transforming with all this happening inside of him during the situation and him transforming not, into something evil? Not really. I did think that I, part was kind of strange, though, because after... I mean, well, while Billy is standing there watching Pamela getting harassed by Adam, he's going through that montage of flashbacks in his head about from, from the night when his parents were killed. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think he transforms, but I think something in his mind just snaps back yeah, to, like... because he sees the I'm, evil Santa, and he's like... Getting into well, that character, well, not and not for nothing too. But Mr. Sims is also like making jokes and innuendos about him, like as Santa, he's got to go out tonight and work your other job, and you know you got probably should leave now and go to go, you know, be Might as Santa. well do that, and yeah, and it kind of fucked him up because he never looked at it like. Oh, Santa being, you know, help, yeah. you know, he with, with boys and girls because yeah, he's never seen Santa as well. I'm. Well, no, he's never seen Santa as 
I know, the, delivering gifts. Yeah, a guy who just delivers gifts to children, he just sees him as a guy who punishes naughty people. Yeah. So he sees Adam doing something that's naughty. And he's thinking back to those two teenagers at the orphanage that got punished by Mother Superior. Mm-hmm. And he's got to punish Adam now for being rapey. And <laughs> he strings them up with these Christmas lights and strangles them to death. He basically lifts them off the floor. Well, and- he, he wrapped them around his neck yeah. and then lifts them up with by the strings. The yeah, Christmas he, lights. And he's like hanging like that. Hangs I'm like, him. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. That was like, that's a big kid. Yeah. You know? And then the girl who did not get any of this just thought that he was fucking nuts and just yeah. was like, Cause she, cause, he was trying to save her. That's the thing that pissed me off too was like, you, you're, you were about to be sexually assaulted by a guy. By, yeah, by this dude. You clearly did not want to have sex with. Yeah. And that's fine. It's all. It's okay to say no. You don't have to give in to shit like that if you're not into it. But he saves you, and yes, in the most brutal of fashions. It could have gone a completely different way, honestly. Honestly, yeah. But I don't think the best way to reciprocate, especially when knowing how crazy. Like, if you're saying he's crazy, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know he's crazy. You're acknowledging the fact that he's crazy. Why fuel the fire there yeah. that's already stirring? So instead, he so instead went of, freaking nuts on her now. Yeah, because instead of feeling appreciated that she's he he, he, he saved, saved her, her. Yeah. he's now sensing a certain sense of ungratefulness on her half. Yeah, and he punishes her by killing her. And it basically was just like punish him. Yeah, and, yeah. Because he quotes Mother Superior in that instant. He's like, punishment is good, Pamela. And Punishment's then, important, and he stabs her. And then you know what happens after that? He goes all Ramboed out for the next for the for the rest of the movie. He goes all Rambo yeah. on everyone. He. Freaking he, shoots um, the assistant lady with a bow and arrow. Yeah, he, well, he attacks Mr. Sims, too. Cause yeah, Mr. Sims with the hammer. Yeah, he goes into the, the loading dock area. I think he finds Pamela and Adam back there, and Bobby, or not Bobby, Billy gets the jump on him. <laughs> Who the hell's Bobby? <laughs> Billy gets the jump on him and hits him in the head with a hammer and kills him. And he's like, ah! Then the assistant lady's in the front of the store. She's yelling out for Mr. Sims. Like you I can't sound like her. That's so weird. Cause she says it like five Stop times. It. But yeah, she screams it like five times. Mr. Sims, Mr. Oh my God, fucking drives me. I'm so me glad nuts. that he killed her. I know. Like first, and, and here's the thing. I love that whole cat and mouse scene where she's mm-hmm. hiding from him and he's like hunting her down throughout the store. Mm-hmm. But then like she gets a hold of his axe, right? And yeah. she starts to run away, which I was like, okay, good for her. Now we've got possible final girl. She's a little older, yeah, but still we got a fighter. So she takes the axe, she goes for the door. She knows that Mr. Sims has locked it. So she tries to smash the windows open. Billy, being the resourceful fuck he is, grabs a bow and arrow somewhere from the fucking store and shoots her in the back and kills her. And first of all, first of all, this is the thing I don't get. What? Why the fuck do they have an actual arrow? Like an actual... Like a bow and arrow Bow and arrow, yeah. Because this is a kid's toy store. You don't have those actual weapons you could kill people with. Unless, they're, they're supposed to be plastic. Unless part of their toy store is like a sports center. And like a gun rack and like, you know. <laughs> like, like a Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. So he, he does this and after he kills the assistant, 
um, he unlocks the door and he goes out into the night. Yeah, and, and begins literally his, should not have done that. Yeah, begins his spree of the evening. Rambo Santa killing yeah. style. But we get like we get the most interesting kill scene though out of the whole movie. Which one though? It was when he goes to the house. Oh, the house. I do like the house. He one. goes to the other house and there's this boy and girl they're they're fooling around they're fooling on christmas ar- eve they're fooling around on a pool table yeah and she's while babysitting her little sister mm-hmm. and i think she like she heard his bells and she thought it was like the family cat or something so yeah without getting fully dressed she only puts on her booty shorts yeah and she's has her boobs hanging out for everyone she's to see to- out in the she's, country she's topless she goes over to the second floor door Right? It's like a second floor. There's a second floor, yeah. Patio door upstairs. Yeah, because it's a nice wooden house, too. It's like a weird cabin-style house. It's nice. I like it's it. It's nice, but it's like totally 80s. You yeah. can tell. I wish I had that house. With the fucking shag green rug. Mm. But anyway, I digress. So, <laughs> shag green she, she opens up the door and lets the cat in, and then... You know, Billy pops out of nowhere. He's like, Daddy! Yeah. yeah. Tries to hatch, hatch his way in, and he does. Chases her around the... Oh, yeah. There was some competition, yeah, too. Yeah, he like... chases her around the second floor living room. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a scuffle. He lodges his axe into the wall. And I almost thought for a minute he was going to pick her up and throw her into the axe that was in the wall. No, but instead... You know what's funny? Instead, uh, you he know... looks at the opposite side of the room, sees these deer antlers... And thought it would be best yeah. to put her on as a little decoration. I'm going to impale her on these deer antlers. It'll be just as effective. So she'll be a nice decoration hanging on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way, I guess. Yeah, but it was funny. Well, I don't think he goes to the guy. I think the guy No, the guy comes him. to... Yeah, the guy comes, yeah. tries to find her. The guy goes to find his girlfriend, and yeah. another fight ensues. And Billy gets the drop on him and throws him out the window. But you know what? He tried to put up a good fight, too. Yeah, there's, the kid, a, good, there's there a good fight scene there. That was a nice fight scene. I was just like, come on, I want him to win. But then all of a sudden I knew that the guy was the jobber and the and Billy is like the top wrestler. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one you know that's going to win. So literally he takes, he takes the kid, beats the fuck out of him, especially kicks yeah. him and everything. And then in the very end, rips his shirt off. Takes the kid, throw him out of the window, and he falls down to the ground with this giant shard of glass. Yeah, he's got, on his he's side. got huge shards of glass sticking out of him. Oh when my he god! Falls and I didn't even again, see that. Again, yeah, but that I think that's even though it's simple, you're throwing somebody out a second story window. It's the fact that there's like huge shards of glass sticking out of him that it could have essentially led to his death in the first place that's what makes it creative yeah but this next one i want to talk about because okay. this was my favorite kill because remember not in the last episode well, but the episode before don't go too far ahead because remember what happens after he kills that guy he sees the girl's sister the little girl oh uh, yes and he approaches her and he asks her have you been a good girl this year and she said yes and she says yes and he's like are you sure like he he needs to be absolutely Absolutely sure yeah he needs to be absolutely certain that you have been a very good fucking kid and if not he'll fucking kill you yeah if he thinks that you're lying or if he you know if you tell him that no you have not he will fucking kill you but she is adamant that she has been a good kid and instead of killing her like what we thought was gonna happen he gives her a box cutter as yeah. a gift. 
Wait, that's crazy. That is crazy. I'm like, the fuck kind of gift is this? And she looks and I'm like, what kind of gift is this? Like, she gives him that yeah, look. Yeah, she has a concerned look on her face. Yeah. Yeah, and she's so he, asking for where so, her sister is. So he leaves, again, into the night, off to his next kill. But I thought those those two were pretty interesting kills. <laughs> All right, so we talked about this in one of the episodes, in case you've heard our um, stuff in the past. Yeah, we talked the about best kill scenes. Our best kill scenes. And this is one of my favorite kill scenes. So these kids are going sledding in the middle of the night in the woods, and they're both like, you know, kind of like one of them's concerned about what they're hearing in the woods, and the other mm -hmm. one's like, oh, there's nothing, just go and sled. And then all of a sudden, these two big-ass kids, bigger than them, yeah. are bullying their way to try to get their sleds and the one kid actually had balls to fucking be like hey back up like literally we're trying to have fun here and you're bothering us and so that big one one bully kid knocked him in the fucking chest mm -hmm. knocked him to the ground and literally was choking him and like was like all right like like i win and you lose and he was like all right all right you win you win and literally, he they push the kids out of the way. They run away like little coward pussies that they are. Yeah. And literally, they go, let's go sledding. Let's take their sleds and go down this hill. And then the kid, mm -hmm. who was the brother, I think, heard the bells the same way the kid did, was concerned. And the one kid was like, oh, would you stop and just go down? So he goes sledding. He's fine. He thinks everything is okay. He has a great time. He's screaming and hollering. He's, you know, having a good time. And then the second kid... It was so funny. He goes down the hill sledding, cheering, and laughing, and screaming, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Billy comes out of the tree with an axe and screams out, Naughty! And the kid starts screaming and chops his head off. He decapitates He decapitates him, yeah. And, and then they come, the sled with the body just comes rolling down the hill. In good timing, too, because they're both going down together. Because I would have thought that after he cut the head off... The body would have just fallen backwards, and that was going to be it. And I could not stop. But it stop. still, like, kept rolling. And I couldn't stop then, laughing, too, when the kid was screaming. I mean, again, that is a creative kill scene. And a lot of these kill scenes are very creative in this movie. And I I like it. I, again, I got to give this original some props where it's due. And it's the creativeness of these kill scenes is just... It's not something that we see often, and it's not something that gets used a lot in other movies, which I'm glad. Yeah. So, I gotta give him kudos for that. Exactly. So then, after that scene, we get to the next day. It's Christmas morning, mm -hmm. and Sister Margaret, who I think she gotten like a feeling or something. Oh no! Wait, she gotten a call from Mister Sims, who had told her. That he, he, Billy was dressed up as Santa in their store and she got worried. And she got very concerned, so yeah. she came later that night after he left. So she went back to the store to check on them, and this was after Billy had killed the assistant and left because she finds the bodies and I'm assuming calls the police because mm -hmm. she wakes up the next morning and she's and at, at the police station. At the police station. It was so weird how that was, too, how she yeah. just sleeps there. I know. I, and she wakes, she's like sitting on a bench at the police station. She's like sleeping. And I'm like, I even said this to myself. I'm like, I know life at the monastery is tough, sister, but come on, that's a that's a wooden bench. Like, come on now. <laughs> I guess she's into, she's so, used to that type of shit anyway. So she wakes up, and the officer tells her, "Is there anything you can think of that might help us find Billy?" And she said, like, she kind of gives the impression that you know 
Billy wants Billy, revenge. Well, no, it's just Billy has a lot already going through his mind. She's like, if people understood Billy's past and how he be, how he came to be in the first place, then none of this would have happened. And exactly. The detective starts to use this to his advantage, and he's like, well, if we had an idea of what his mind was like, it could help us give us an idea of where he's going next. Mm-hmm. So she gets the notion he's going back to the orphanage, possibly to get revenge on Mother Superior. That's what I was saying. So they put out an APB on Billy, and it gets back to this like state trooper-esque type cop who just happens to be in the area and is driving around... Heads over to the orphanage. He sees a Santa, and I'm saying this loosely, but he sees a Santa, not Billy. He sees a Santa, decides to get out of his truck, and in front of Billy's brother Ricky, he shoots the Santa and kills him. Well, remember this, honey. The night before, while all this was going on, cops were still looking for Billy because of the incidents earlier that night. So later yeah, that do, night... Yeah, we do have this weird scene where... Where the Santa was going through the window yeah, of a house. a couple of cops have seen a Santa go through the window and he... They bust into the the house and it turns out to be a, a guy surprising his daughter for Christmas. And, and, and fun fact, turns out that guy who played the guy who dressed up as a Santa in the movie... Who played the dad dressed up as a Santa. Yes. Yeah. Turns out, in uh, he actually played the Michael Myers in Halloween Four. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah, tell I me told that. you this. Yeah, he played the he played the Michael Myers in Halloween Four. Okay. And uh, I, I was actually thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and this was around a time like this was a year after uh, season of the witch came out. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it's kind of funny how all this intertwines with that, and then four years later, he turns out to be Michael Myers, and he becomes a killer. So we have that weird scene, and, it, and again, it, it gives us the notion that police are already aware of Billy's killing spree, and that they're looking for him, and they aware they're aware of who he is and what he's doing, and that he's gotta like be taken out. Yeah. So fast forward to the cop shoots the wrong Santa. He's scoping the area while Mother Superior and some of the other nuns are trying to keep the children calm inside. Yeah, keep them safe and everything. Billy shows up and he kills that cop who shot the Santa as like Santa vengeance, you know, like you killed one of us, I gotta kill you now, like. Exactly. Not that mentality, it's just me joking around. I know. But, so he manages to get inside and he goes to try to kill Mother Superior and is stopped by the detective and Sister Margaret. Yeah. It ends with Ricky. Really, it was like a tiny version of Billy. So basically, as he dies, you see the camera slowly going up to this little child with this mean look on his face. And the last thing... He looks at Mother Superior and he's like, naughty. Yeah. And then it leads to the second movie. It's almost like another cycle starts over. Mm -hmm. But like I said, Ricky goes through just about as much trauma in his young life as Billy does. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like, I guess that's where we kind of leave off with Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. But we're not going to... part two. Yeah, but we're not going to go into that sequel. Which, by the way, that is a good movie, I I definitely thought. So, yes. Garbage day! So, overall thoughts on the original. I thought that the introduction (sighs) seemed a bit long. But it was insightful to the events that would occur later on in the movie. The orphanage scenes are a bit too much and only add on to what's already transpiring in Billy's mind. Mm Because like we said, when Billy's a kid, he already has this fear and loathing against the holiday and Santa in general. 
and she's just trying to push him to get over it. But and but not in a good way. It's not a good way. It's not a helpful way. It's not a way that you he know, wants to be this, pushed. This is not a fear that can be overcome. Because exactly. it's, it's correspondence with a very traumatic event in his life that never should have happened to a child his very young age. But I digress. So, like I said, the kill scenes are creative. There's some shots that were done that were pretty well. Acting chops are all right. And I wrote here, 1984 acting styles are... Not what they are currently, but at least they're a lot better than the remake, which... A lot better than the remake. We'll get into in a minute. So, that was... Yeah, I don't understand Billy's prolonged absence between the decapitation scene and the scene where he kills the cop at the orphanage. Like, in the amount of time that, like... What was he doing during that time? That's what I want to figure out, because I don't know if he stopped somewhere to get some, like, Mickey D's or some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, we see him, like, walking down the highways, hiding in the ditches from the cops. Yeah. But he couldn't have walked that far for that long exactly. in, in the cold mm-hmm. by himself. That's what I'm thinking. That, that just seems sketchy to me. And th- it had some funny moments that were co- comedic relief. Oh, yeah. I liked it. Overall, I did enjoy this movie. And... Good. Because yeah. it's a great movie. I love it. And, you know, I've always thought it was a great movie growing up. And uh, just seeing it, I don't know, it just gives you... I just find it entertaining. I find it great. The soundtrack to it is amazing. I, f- I like the, uh, compo- the, mu- the music composing work to it. The musical scores? Yeah, the musical score to it, I like it. But then again, I've always been into um, the 80s musical scores, whether it's uh, any type of genre. But yeah. the horror movie score for this was perfect, especially what they, they do for the synthesizer. About- do they, do they ever talk about more like in-depth music scores in that In Search of Darkness movie? They have. They do talk about yeah. that in there. They do talk about the music scores of what they, how they came up with them, why are they so famous, stuff like that. Yeah. And it's so, and it's it's great. I mean, I love the the. For me, when it comes to '80s horror movies, I think the hot the the big use of synthesizer score is perfect because you can do anything with a synthesizer because there's a yeah. lot of options on it. So you can use any type of style, and it could go good with that. Yeah. Even if it's a lot or even less. Yeah, there was a lot of like moments where the musical scores worked in the favor that not only set up the mood for the scenes, but. Yeah. Everything about it was just really good. I think I liked it because with Silent Night, Deadly Night, there was wholesome moments, especially when the kids would see Santa and stuff like that, and you hear that nice, wholesome Christmas music, and then all of a sudden, when you know that it just mm-hmm. went up, maxed up to like 100, and they start doing the killing scenes, then you hear the fucked up horror music score with the synthesizer. Yeah. And I just love that because it's just like you went from good to bad in just a minute, mm-hmm. and that's how you show... How fucked up the situation could be. So what's your overall thought of the original before we jump into the remake then? I think the overall, what I what I think of it in conclusion, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. It's a, it's, a, it's a great movie. There's Sure, it's a slow pace and everything, yeah. but I like movies that have a slow pace to it because it brings to the reason why the movie is what it is. You know, because later afterwards it goes from nice to pleasant to chaos and distortion and it's a slow build up to that, yeah. And just, you know, killing and then the climax to it is just perfect. Yeah. You and know? well that in stark comparison to the remake, which we'll get into in a minute, it, it you're right. Like the the kill scenes are a bit more paced out in ways where 
you're not overwhelmed by the massacre, mm-hmm. but you're you're going along with the progress of like I've killed Adam and Pamela and Mr. Sims and his assistant, and then moving on to the Denise and Dennis or whatever the fuck his name was. And then, you know, it, it paces out pretty well so that you you don't lose sight of what's going on in between those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's not as chaotic as the remake where it's just, it's like boom, boom, right after, one right after the other. And because they ha- sometimes happen almost on top of each other, yeah. you don't ever really know what's going on. You're trying to take it in. And... You're trying to take everything in, but it's like there's too much going on all at once and it's just chaos it, i think that's the whole point of it especially with a horror movie it's yeah. just like you don't want to overdo it because the person's still trying to take in the first kill that happened exactly so, so i think that's why i like the silent night deadly night original version better because the least the kills are not piling on each other and it just gives you a minute to breathe after what just happened yeah so that's right. why I like it. And plus, it's a Christmas movie, so yeah. mixing horror and Christmas together is kind of a perfect mix. So let's jump in then to the remake. The, uh. it's, it's titled Just Silent Night. It was released in 2012, specifically November 30th of 2012, with a runtime of an hour and 34 minutes. It was directed by Stephen C. Stephen C. Miller. So it stars Jamie King, Malcolm McDowell... Donald Logue, Lego, Legu, I don't know. Ellen Wong, Brendan Freer, Fear, I don't fucking know anymore. It had a budget of five million dollars. Oh wow, really? Yes. Oh. Um, trying to figure out how much it made at the box office because if my numbers are correct, it didn't do that well in the box office. It really didn't. But let me see if my tablet is willing to cooperate well, with Well, I me. looked this up yesterday that it was only in the theaters for a month and it was released around Christmas time of 2012. A mm-hmm. month after it was released. That really shows how much that movie did well at the box office. Office, which is not. Box office. So it had a budget of $5 million, which mm-hmm. is estimated. It accumulated about a little over $100,000. <laughs> Yeah, not that good. Yeah. Well, that's going to show how bad the movie was. Yeah. Oh, so ratings. On IMDb, it got a 5.2 out of 10. 81% of Google users liked this movie. And I don't think it has like a Metacritic rating. I see it got a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 3.4 out of 5 on Vudu. Overall, and this is just like me, but like I don't know if I want to go through this shot for shot like we did with Silent Night Deadly Night. Please don't. The only let's just talk about the differences between the original and the remake. So there's a lot of big differences in this movie, huge ones, and I think the biggest thing is like it seems to focus more on Jamie King's character, who's Aubrey Brattamore, who's Mm -hmm. a cop, and she's still coping with the aftermath of her husband's death, which was never further explained of how he died or when he died, and her trying to fit in in general as a cop. Yeah. Because her father is a cop, who we find out later on was involved with a town local crime legend, which I want to talk about that too. This remake is based on an actual true crime case that I 
heard on Morbid not too long ago. This movie is based on an actual true crime case called Covina Massacre. So on Christmas Eve in 2008, a 45-year-old man named Bruce Jeffrey Pardo killed nine people by gunshot wounds or in an arson fire at a holiday party. Pardo wore a Santa suit during the massacre, as does the main antagonist in the movie Silent Night. If you want to know more about that case, I recommend going to Morbid, a true crime podcast, and Mm -hmm. looking up the Covina massacre, because they do a really good in-depth episode on that case. And it, you know, goes, like I said, goes in line with the Silent Night movie, and the, the story behind it is mentioned and referenced in this movie. So they have that going for them. Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see Malcolm McDowell in this movie. And I was even more disappointed in his role in this because when you watch this movie, he plays the sheriff of the station or the the precinct that Aubrey works for. God, I don't and even want to go into that. I know. And I, I want to punch whoever wrote his character this way because mm-hmm. it's just so... It's fucking horrible, uh, let's just it's, say. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. I love, Malcolm Mac- I love Malcolm McDowell as a character. I thought he was really, really good in the Halloween remake. I love him as Dr. Loomis. Mm-hmm. But I did not like him for this character. I wish they could have picked somebody else. If they were going to write this character the way that it was, I wish they had gotten somebody else. Because... I don't hate Malcolm McDowell. I do not like this character. It's just, I feel like this was definitely it's, a poor choice for him to it's play. A, it's a douchey, overly arrogant sheriff who tries to be the hero and the the mastermind in capturing the killer. Yeah. And, you know, not only undermines everything that Aubrey does, but he, like, belittles her, thinks she's not, like, worthy of being part of this case because she's too vulnerable and... And the thing you know, was, he, his tough guy talk was horrible. Yeah, and he had this really stupid lines, like, play, like written out for him. And I, I, they're so cringy and they're so bad. And I'm sorry, yeah. but it's just, and, and then I also, hated it. And then also with him, like, going through his accents, like, like one minute you hear him with an English accent, next minute with an American accent. I was just yeah. like, which one are you doing, man? I know, it's, it's upsetting. And Ugh. Like I said, I don't hate the actor. No, I, don't I love like, Malcolm McDowell. Yeah, because he's another we've, guy we we've met. We've met, yeah. Yeah, he's another guy we've met at a horror movie convention. He he's hugged a, me. He's a really good guy. He's a really good actor. Phenomenal actor. I was about to say, and, and the thing that bothered me, I was shocked because this is a guy who's done so many famous roles. Like, this was Alex DeLarg from Clockwork Orange, or him as Caligula, and he was so great in those movies. And then you see this, and you're like... What the fuck happened? I know. And I don't want to chalk it up as him getting older and not being a good actor anymore. Because he's it, still a good actor. Just, I just think that whoever wrote this character for him... Not even didn't for do, him, but Didn't just, do justice. Yeah, not for just him. But it's just like he looked at the script of this and thought it was a great one. Really, it's not. I feel like the plot overall in itself is too all over the place. Yeah. It, like, like you mentioned with the pacing of the original... It had, like, a steady pace. Yeah. This one doesn't have a steady pace. You can't breathe with this one. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't breathe through all the bad acting and I the... Mean, this one's, like, the, the, the asthma terrible... version compared to the original. <laughs> but, no, you can't, you can't like, get through all the bad acting and the, the fucking shitty pacing and 
dialogue and all of it. It's like it's it's just chaotic. And it is, and that's why I don't like this movie because it's too the, fucking chaotic. The only few things I can say nicely about this movie is the fact that it emphasizes more on revenge. On I mean, certain people, yes. But it also focuses more on the fact that, like, the the person behind the Santa mask and suit is almost similar to the actual real-life case. This guy named Roy Jr., he, his father crashed his ex-wife's, who was his mom's party, mm-hmm. and killed her, her boyfriend at the time, and a few other people with a flamethrower. Exactly. And he sat in the truck, and he watched the whole thing go down, and he watched... Aubrey's dad shoot his dad and kill him. Yeah. And it's all about revenge. It's all about, you know, punishing the bad and the wicked and the corrupted and everything. It's like, you know, good, fine, whatever. But it's just all over the place. Some of the kill scenes, though, were a bit more creative than the original. Like, we got a scene where... He throws supposedly like a, a minor porn porn star in a wood chipper. That part was that was a good terrifying. kill scene. That was a good kill scene. It was very terrifying because he not only like c- carried her and like pushed her in there, but he like lowered her in until she was like completely gone. Yeah, exactly. Like that was a good scene. He, they recreated the scene from the original with the impaling the girl with the deer which i antlers. thought that was a good tribute because there was only two that i seen that were references from there the were two, older stuff yeah there were two references from the original like the one with the girl being hanged onto the deer thing yeah and then the other one is a reference to the second movie where the guy's taking out the trash yeah, and he was like what is this garbage day yeah there's a guy named giles who works at the police station and malcolm mcdowell tells him to take out the trash he goes outside and he's like what is this garbage day yeah, to tribute to the second <laughs> movie, which was a great I scene. I love that scene. I know, but he gets killed too yeah. at that moment. But some of the kill scenes, like I said, they're a little bit more creative. Like he electrocutes one of the deputies in the beginning. Like how we saw Adam. Adam was the first kill for Billy, at least. Yeah. He strung him up with Christmas lights and hanged him. This guy strings up the deputy with Christmas lights and electrocutes him. Which I thought was very creative and a definitely different, a complete different spin on that scene mm-hmm. and method in general. And also, there's a scene where also after the girl gets hanged up onto the reindeer, the little girl sees the Santa and the Santa goes up to her. Yeah. And instead of giving a switchblade knife like you see in the original box cutter, box cutter, whatever the fuck that thing's called, a box cutter. Instead of that, he gives her a candy cane. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. And. When he killed her boyfriend right after he killed the girl, like not the not the little girl, but the, the older girl, the older girl, yeah. The older girl, by the way, in the move in the remake, is the mayor's daughter. Yeah. So they're her and her drug dealer boyfriend are having sex in the guest house, and the and, dad was dad knew that too. So yeah. He, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. So they're up there having sex. And this is the weird thing about this scene. I I just saw something on IMDb about it, but. There's a scene where she goes into one of the bedrooms and she's laying in the bed and she's looking at the door that she thinks he's going to come through and it's closed already. Mm-hmm. And the door slightly opens. Yeah. Right? So in that corner, there's nobody there. No. Right? Yeah. Her boyfriend, Dennis, comes in through from another door from the bathroom. Mm-hmm. 
And then when she turns back, the Santa's now there, standing behind the door yeah, in like that the, corner of that door room. Was fully he was open, not there yeah. before. Where the fuck did he come from? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I guess he's a ghost. <laughs> Continuity. Like, what the fuck? Did people lose sense of continuity when they started making movies like this? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Maybe it's so. It's a plot hole. Thing. It's so poorly placed, like, paced out, that you forget about continuity for a bit. And it's like, oh, well, maybe we should, like, try to show how he gets in there. Instead of just making him reappear like Houdini and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So that was a weird one. And then after he kills Tiffany, he cuts Dennis's head, but not in a traditional decapitation way like we saw in the original. He cuts it vertically from, like, the top of the cranium to the neck, which is very brutal. There's a lot of CGI blood in it, Mm -hmm. which you could tell, but very creative, if not, you know, different from the original, in a sense. I did like the final showdown scene where... Aubrey goes to the police station and she's hunting for the real killer. And there's some fight scenes that went along in it. I thought that was pretty good. I, I like Aubrey as like the idea of a final girl. I just didn't like how her character development is just not good, I think. I don't know. I mean, it just depends because, you know, I think that's what makes a good character development because they seem scared and weak at first. And then in the very end, they show their their courage, their bravery of what they have to do. And, you know, if in order to defeat something, they have to go face on with it. And I, I know. I think that's but what like, she did. I know. But, like, my problem, too, is, like, with me, when I watch this movie, like, she started out already as a wholesome, decent person with this enthusiasm already about her job. And then it isn't until she has a moment where she's trying to apprehend a suspect and she chokes while he's got... Because it got upper, real. Because he got the upper hand on her and he was threatening to hurt, like, do physical harm. He could have killed her, too. Yeah, and she choked. Yeah. And then it's when she starts to doubt herself. Like, doesn't make any sense. And then all this shit happens in between, and then she goes home and finds her parent, like her father's been killed, her mother's hiding in the closet, she decides, okay, this is my time, I'm gonna nut up, and I'm gonna go find this guy, and I'm gonna kill him. Which, so annoying. Like, what happened with the sand in the end? Did he die, or No. No. Because in, after, after Aubrey and Brenda, who's the operator for the police department after they get out of the building and it burns we think santa is dead Mm -hmm. but then there's a scene at the very very end where roy's ceiling company's truck pulls up and roy who's in the truck his whole face has been burned and melted and he has that flashback of the night his father died yeah. At the hands of Aubrey's dad. Uh, there are some bigger differences we we could have gone over, I think. Yeah. Is there any you want to mention before we wrap this up? I mean, this movie, I have to say, this movie's a lot <laughs> better than the fucking Black Christmas remake. I, it wasn't yeah. as fucked as that one. Yeah. Or gory or, I mean, you know, filthy. Yeah. And like I said, it it heavily pushes the same message almost as... 
or not message, but it pushes the same theme of the original and this one, where it's like the the morally corrupted and the wicked need to go. Because if you if you watch this whole movie in a nutshell, this whole town that they're in, I think it's Cryer, Wisconsin. Yeah, it's it's over in the Midwest. They're the the whole town, like almost everybody in it is somewhat in one way or another, they're corrupted. Like yeah. you got the you got the priest who's got that weird. I hated the priest. Though. I hated the priest. The the thing about men of cloth is that they take this vow of celibacy that they have to take very seriously in order to be a part of, or a member of the church. And apparently and this guy doesn't. No, apparently because he's hitting on Aubrey and he's taking pictures of the Santa girl carolers and zooming in on their tits. He's not a he's not a good man of faith, and then he gives these weird like sermons. To, remember to the one older lady who was there, and this is how he gets killed in this scene. But he starts like spewing on and on about like evilness and how people don't care about Christmas the way it should be and blah yeah. blah blah. And, but that's not people's faults. This is how it is. Yeah, and then Santa gets the upper hand and kills him. Which, good. He, I actually, killed, that was a really good justice kill. Yeah, he killed the deputy in the, in the beginning and the woman he was with because she was married and he knew that she was married and he was still having an affair with her. So, so he kills both of them because they were being unfaithful. He killed her, her Aubrey's father because he killed yeah. his own father. So that was revenge. That was all in revenge. Yeah. And, yeah, in one way or another, he kills morally corrupted people. Well, what's your final thought on this before we can, you know, conclude this? I don't want to say it's bad because there's a lot of things about it that don't make it a good remake. And if we had the time for it, we would sit here and talk more about it. But, honestly, this movie's I, not I, think, worth it. I, think, I think the remake could have been better. Mm-hmm. I think the pacing could have been a little bit slower. They should have. It could have been more, you know, instead of worrying about your, your kill count being higher than the original, you could work on your timing and your pacing of the work story. Work on your storytelling better before yeah. you do the killings. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to write a sh- character as shitty as the sheriff was, don't hire people as great as Malcolm McDowell to play him because it's like... It's not fair to him. Yeah. Because he's, he's, gl- he's, he's a legend. He's so much better than this. Yeah, you give him a better like, movie to play in. I want to find out whoever wrote his character was and punch him in the face. Because it's like, well, you, you did gotta, him dirty and well, I don't like that. You gotta look at the screenwriters. Well, I'm like, whoever did it, you did him dirty and that's not okay. Like, he's, no, a, he's a good actor. That's he, my man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like the original. Again, this is an episode where... Where we choose whether the original I, or the remake? Yes. This I is, choose the original. I choose the original... The only thing I gotta give the remake is that it got a little bit more creative and dark with its kill scenes and darker in theme and generalization altogether. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's based on an actual true crime case makes it even more interesting for me. But yeah. I feel like that was only a blip in the in like the whole plot. Yeah. But yeah. But okay. That is my conclusion. Alright, and I'm upset with mine, so... Okay. Alright. So, until next Tuesday, the 22nd, that has been the episode of the Abby Normal Podcast. So if you really liked our show, and you want to know more, 
or follow us on social media. We are on t- um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, what else can we talk about nothing. before we sign off? No, let's not. <laughs> like, nothing. You're, you're too tired. Let's not do that. Yeah. No. Get out of here. Go home. <laughs> you're still here? You're, it's over. Home. It's over. Go home. Oh. Man. I'm Sorry. the I'm the Ferris Bueller in this. I want you to go home. So all right. So all until right. then. Until then, this has been an episode. Of the episode. This has been an episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin. And I'm Aaliyah. Signing off, saying, "You have been naughty, naughty."